0: Take your balloons to the next level as we delve deeper into what truly makes a professional balloon artist with your host, Zivi Zivi Kivi. Now, welcome to the Balloon Artist
1: Podcast.
0: Hello, Balloon Artists Podcast Nation. This is Zivi Kivi and we are back with Season 2. Gosh, I'm so excited. I want to start by mentioning a few announcements about this season and about the season break. Uh, So first of all, today you will hear an interview with Andrew Smith. He's a professional that performs balloon shows and also does some really interesting stuff in the corporate world. He has uh, a few books that uh, you will mention and there will be a competition mentioned uh, at the end of the interview so stick around you can also find a free chapter of andrew smith's book and i'll tell you all the details at the end of the interview you know this season of the balloon artist podcast is focused on helping balloon artists go into the entertainment world, or if you're already in the entertainment world and you use balloons to entertain kids and to entertain people, then you will get a lot of value of this as well. So this season is all about entertainment with balloons. I am going to interview experts on this field from all around the globe and share with you tons of tactics and ideas. I want to say thank you to all of you that joined the webinar at the end of Season 1. More than 100 people joined the webinars in total, and I appreciate your time. I hear a lot of good feedbacks about it, and what do you know, even uh, it was uh, sponsored by uh, Florida Super Jam that has an early bird discount, so check up the Florida Super Gem, if you want to consider some ways to advance your twisting techniques. I have to share with you, gosh, uh, it's been such a busy month between the seasons, and it will continue to be very busy, because I'm actually running uh, the MAPC program, the Modern Automated Balloon Business course. I'm really excited about doing this uh, program for the first time, and... It makes my life even busier because I have to run the show in parallel to the course, in parallel to my entertainment business. With that said, let's hear the interview with Andrew Smith. Hello, Balloon Artists Podcast Nation. This is Season 2, and we are in Chapter 1 of Season 2. I'm so excited, and as you may have heard, the topic of the season is... How to entertain with balloons and I'm so excited about today's interviewee. We are meeting today with someone who has been through the trenches of balloon shows and someone that is actually making a very good living out of entertaining with balloons. And I'm talking about someone that actually inspired me personally uh, with his books and with his ideas. So I'm very proud and very happy to introduce you to Andrew Smith from Hong Kong. Hello, Andrew.
1: Hello. How are you today?
0: I'm feeling very good. And how are you in Hong Kong now?
1: Lovely. A bit hot and sticky, but I'm loving the place.
0: Cool. Andrew, I just want to introduce a little bit about some of your ideas to the Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. Uh, So Andrew wrote the book, The $1,000 Birthday Parties. And this book is actually, it's a revolution in your state of mind about birthday parties. It shows you the entire uh, map and gives you a compass about how to raise your fees. And you already know me, how raising... My fees helped me to support my family with my business as a full-timer. I'm really excited about talking with you, Andrew. So first of all, can you give us a short introduction about what you do and how the ideas for the books uh, came about?
1: Sure, sure, sure. The ideas for the books came about because I kept coming across other entertainers who were competing on price. And personally when I first started I also competed on price and so but the only person who was winning was the customer because I would come in at five dollars cheaper than my competitor and then my competitor would undercut me and in the end The only person that was being lucky was the client and myself and my competitor were struggling to get bookings and struggling to make a profit. And I think it's very important to think that we are in this as a business and a business is there to make a profit so that we can feed our families, pay our mortgages. And I can't afford to rush around the countryside uh, trying to generate enough business. To earn a living and I got up to 10 birthday parties a week and frankly that is horrifically tiring and yet to stay enthusiastic in the longer term and you need to think of another way of earning an income when you can't do any more birthday parties the only other thing to do is to charge more money for those birthday parties so I learned how to do that, and that's where the books came in, is to encourage other people to think, you know, let's not compete on price. Let's compete on go for the top quality customers and get away from it. And then when I started going for the higher net worth clients, I realized that I had absolutely no competition whatsoever. Um, Nobody was doing what I was doing to go and generate the work and so i've been going around talking to high net worth clients royalty international blue chip and fortune 500 companies being flown around the world and there's nobody on the circuit with me which is brilliant i love it there's you know i can go in and wow never seen anything like it and you and I know that my models are no difference to anyone else. And there's some fantastic balloon modelers out there, but they're not earning the money they are. And if you look at the forums as well, everyone's saying, I'm working for tips and I'm struggling in a restaurant and I need more money. And I'd like to give up and become full time. All of these are possible if you are, position your marketing and put your fees up.
0: And let me just emphasize that, Andrew, because what you're telling now might uh, sound to someone that is charging regular fees like something that he can't do, but that's not true. Uh, Everything that you teach in your system in your book can be replicated Easily. easily, easily, and and you know. Israel is not a, a, a wealthy country. It's not we don't have any like uh, very 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 rich people in, in huge quantities. It's a very small country. And yet I've managed with uh, with uh, regular tools, you know, uh, I don't have any special secret routine uh, that is better than someone else. My material is uh, just, you know, I'm proud of my material, but it's not nothing that uh, special and just by Changing the way that you market yourself, you can raise your fees and you can raise your fees higher and higher. Like, I do shows between 500 and 1,000 US dollars per show, and I'm trying to push so that the amount of shows that I do that are on the high end, will be higher and higher. But it, for me, I'm taking my time because that's my way to be confident with it. But it wasn't easy for you as well. Like I, I know from you that for about 10 or 12 years, you've been taking uh, regular fees before you did the shift.
1: Oh, right? yes. So yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, regular, so, regular fees, and it, it, it is tough to make the decision. The hardest part is flicking that switch in your own mind that you are worth more and that there are people out there who will pay those fees. The, it's easy to sell from your own pocket, meaning I wouldn't pay $1,000 for me or I wouldn't pay that for that. But customers out there, if you give them... What they want and show them some terrific value, they will readily pay what they think is a fee that's comfortable for them so let's
0: tackle a couple of questions. I know this is not the core stuff yet. We will talk about balloon shows, but I just want to tackle a few objections that uh, like I can hear on my head right sure, sure. so so first of all, like who can pay one thousand u s dollars for a birthday party?
1: Corporates will easily pay $1,000 plus for a family show, which is very similar to a birthday show. Uh, Schools will work with you to make a fundraising show, and you can build an income hugely from that. But where I target myself in particular is high net worth clients. These are people who would have catering at their birthday parties. These are people who will have their birthday parties in a hotel or a private members club. These are people who will drive uh, high-value cars, Range Rover, Rolls-Royce, Ferrari. There are people who are company executives who will pay a lot of money for a quality show. Right, there are people like
0: that everywhere. They are going to pay that much money anyway, so they can either pay the, this amount of money to you as the entertainer or they will pay it for uh for decoration or they will pay it for you know for just uh, serving more food yeah exactly
1: exactly they will they will have um things like bouncy castles face painters i go to events now where the majority of the uh, party organizers have eight to 10 different things going on in the background and i'm on for a show and off again at the end. I don't even have to stay to twist balloons for everyone else. I've actually gone to parties more than once now where <laughs> I'm there, I do my balloon show, and while I'm there doing my balloon show, they've employed a local balloon artist to come round and knock out quick balloons for everybody, and I listen the the crowds afterwards. And these guys are looking at me saying, oh, I wish I was in your position getting paid what you're getting. It's easy. It is easy to progress and build your own show, but you've got to focus on that desire to do so. I think the biggest problem that most balloon artists and most magicians and entertainers in general, but especially balloon artists, is we spend too much time focusing on learning the latest balloon model yeah. or the latest magic trick, but you know, late, learning the latest design or the latest skill, rather than focusing on the entertainment value of what we give to an event.
0: You know, this is uh, a little bit, uh, if I may give a, a metaphor, it's like, imagine a carpenter who only focuses his uh, efforts on buying new tools, but never creates anything with them. So <laughs> exactly, it just, it's just the, the more you talk about it, the more I understand. It's about the content that you produce, and the content is entertainment. So if you keep learning only the new models, only the new designs, only the new techniques, those are important as well. Uh, but they will not make you money, real money, until you are actually also uh, checking up what are your messages, what are your marketing looking like and who are you marketing for and also if you want the holy grail the balloon show and you want to go into entertainment you need to start somewhere so we'll talk about that today and try to explore ways to build a, a balloon show and I have i know you have uh, both experience and um, and uh, that's what you do basically so before we go there i want to ask you um, Like, uh, first of all, um, we've discussed about the shift, like the mental shift. Okay, so let's say someone decided, yes, I'm ready. I'm ready to charge more. But how do you put yourself in front of the right people so that they can afford you?
1: By far, the best place I have found for finding high net worth, high paying customers at home or in the corporate world is to be at trade shows and exhibitions for the entertainment and meetings industry. When you are there, be there with a view to help the client solve a problem and offer yourself as a solution to that problem. And I go in there with a view to talking about how my show is different to a normal magic show and are you and i i say are you fed up with the same old rabbit out of a hat same old routine how about having a, a fun created balloon show that's going to leave your kids rolling around the floor with laughter and they go oh yeah that sounds interesting um i thought you uh, balloons were just for dogs and balloon animals and that all i've seen is balloon twisters who just have a queue of of people and i say no this is a balloon focused show or balloon um themed show uh that will have the kids rolling around the floor and that's what you want and that how can you that's how i've built it and sold it but at a trade show and an exhibition people who go to those are serious people they've taken time and money out of their day to go and visit an exhibition they are not googling for a birthday party you need to think that if you're spending two or three dollars or ten dollars to obtain a lead on google it doesn't cost them anything it's a free search engine as for you you at an exhibition will be people who are serious in the industry because they've spent money to get to that exhibition. You then need to identify how you can speak to those people, help them, and put your offering in front of them. Um, so th-
0: does this mean you, you will actually take a booth and perform in the exhibition?
1: I have found that, that as a balloon twister, we can get into trade shows and exhibitions in a number of ways. In the event industry, I have a client who has had me on their stand for every year for 10 years. I work for them for nothing because of the amount of leads it generates for me. So I will spend time and work their booth, focusing on the fact that I'm there to attract a crowd to them and their business and do my sales bit for their business but pick up leads as I'm going along so the number one reason for being there on that particular client stand is to get leads for that company but I pick up business myself in the interactions I have with the customers the clients of the thing I will also pay to be at an exhibition, if I cannot get there for free, but I will. Be, if it's the ideal, if it's my industry, my target audience, I will pay a booth to be there because it is worth, so well worth it. But you've got to be so focused on how you sell yourself at that booth rather than just making models and dishing them out.
0: So this sounds so out of the box and un- unordinary because so little amount of people do this. So I have to ask you, how many exhibitions a year did you do in the beginning and how many did you, are you doing nowadays?
1: Uh, now, now I just do between four and six um, a year to generate new business for myself. But I'm out at uh, probably two exhibitions a month for other companies who pay me to attract a crowd to their booth.
0: I see. So eventually, like uh, uh, throughout the year, you will be in maybe even 20.
1: Um, yeah, I would, I would say it's probably nearer 18, 16 to 18. But yeah, yeah.
0: Got it. And uh, in, the, in the booth, in the, like, I understand um, that if you get leads to the booth owner, that will be good for, for them. But actually, it will be good for you as well yes. because that's the best marketing out there to give value to, to the booth owner and they will love you for it yes. because you're getting them a business and they will be your best champion after that. Yes. So, but, but I have to ask you, what do you actually do? Uh, like, do you make a story with a balloon? Do you, do you make a magic trick? What do you do in the booth?
1: <laughs> this, I've got a very good friendly magician um, in the UK, and we've talked about this lots. Ideally, you want to attract a crowd and present the company's story in a short way, whilst doing balloons or doing some magic while you're there but in the majority of the industry only related trade shows the traffic flow is very slow so you would probably have two or three people coming past your booth you know every 15 minutes and so you get chance to talk to them and so what i do the balloons act as a way of life uh, you're making something and while you're making something the life the color and the movement of the balloons makes people look up from whatever thoughts they're having as they drift along the trade show aisle and what i do is simply step in front of them and stop them and let them watch me finish off something and have a joke have a laugh um and consider it. And they'll come up and say, Oh, can I have one of those for my daughter? Or can I have those for them? And then you find out that actually they don't have children. You have a joke about that. Uh, but you're there, you've started the conversation, which is the most important thing. And then you engage them as to find out why they're at the trade show, what's their industry, what's their background. And then when you go from there, you qualify them to see whether they are suitable for your client's booth. Or you can perhaps say, No, but I've seen someone over the far side in row A, B, C, booze number whatever. They are the people you need to speak to to solve your problem and have you had a chat with them. And then I've even taken them over there, introduced them to the other booth, and then come back to my own stand. It's all about networking and tying people together. I have a questionnaire that I send to my customers, uh, the booth owners, who tell me all about their company, their products, their services, who their competitors are, what the message, what the objective is of the trade show and the exhibition is. And then we measure that while we're there. I give them training of what to do and what not to do on a trade show booth, i.e. don't sit down, don't eat your lunch, don't be on your mobile phone, be up, be engaging, be approachable. And give them training on that side so that they can do that. And then you just start building a relationship. But as far as the balloons go, literally uh, uh, holding a 260 across the aisle and saying, stop, don't go any further. You can have a conversation as simple as that. A magician friend of mine there stands there with his arms wide open and says, give me a cuddle. Or do you want to see a magic trick? <laughs> he, 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 it's, it's as simple as... Doing something different and engaging, rather than standing there looking solemn, depressed, feet aching, uh, wishing the show to be over, and handing out flyers. That's not where you should be there.
0: And uh, so basically, you you want to make uh, like huge balloon sculptures, right?
1: Um, I do. I uh, I tend to get there early. On the first day, and I might, depending on the booth size, I make my might make David Grist's Ferrari, and then co-brand a Ferrari balloon with the uh, corporate company I'm working for, and put that on the side of the uh, balloon, Um, and that's quite good because you can just drop that in front of people and they stop and have a look. Um as they and yeah, you know, they have to trip over it, they take pictures while they 're taking pictures, you can engage in conversation. you don 't have to work yourself crazy for eight, nine hours a day twisting balloons. You can make a really big sculpture and then a few to hand out to people. um bouquets of flowers I make, they go off and go, and they, Can you make some flowers? We put it on our stand, but uh, i I've made a Buster's monkey up a tree wearing a hula skirt, and I've had that. And people have walked across uh, London asking where, you know, big corporation, Ford, um, the people that came to see me were representing Ford. They had more inquiries about, oh, where did you get that? Who made it? Why have you got it? Where are you going with it? Can I have it? All of this interaction they had, walking around the trade show, then outside the trade show and across London on the underground, they phoned me up and said, can we book you for more events? Because the impact that your monkey up a tree, the trade show floor outside and on the underground uh, tube in London was so great that they said, we've got to have Andrew at all our other events because his balloons create such an impact.
0: Wow! Wow! And I imagine that, uh, you know, when someone is talking about your balloons, they can also, you know, be in the moment and learn what is the booth all about, and it just, uh, you know, brings the people in the convention out of zombie mode and into like real life, listening to what's happening around them. So. I have to say, Andrew, this is all very inspiring. But uh, I want to give uh, people also the opportunity to enjoy your views about balloon shows. Uh, I feel like um, I I am very grateful about the way that you explain how to do um, the marketing part. And uh, that's definitely something um, worth exploring. And uh, thank you so much. But let's talk about balloon shows for a bit. Because I want people to understand what is a balloon show and how to create entertainment. So let's, let's hear a little bit about your show. Uh, what do you do on your show?
1: Okay. My balloon show created from me firstly being in front of a long line of children. Uh, I believe that if you were in the middle of the Sahara Desert, took out a a balloon and blew it up, there will be a queue of children appearing from nowhere saying, give me, give me, give me a balloon. And it's hard work as a twister all day to twist for a long line of children. When you look at it from the customer's point of view, the only child that's happy is the one at front. The next one is a little less happy. And as they go further away from you, knowing that they may be queuing for over an hour, perhaps, for a balloon, father is upset. He wants to go and have a beer and go and have a coffee. Mother has got screaming kids who are hungry, dribbling, desperate for an ice cream, need to go to the bathroom, lose some place in the queue. All of these things mean that the balloon twisting is not necessarily the best way forward for us to present ourselves as a, a performer or a form of entertainment for a family event. And so I decided that perhaps the best thing to do was to get them all to come and sit down in front of me, sit on the floor, then I make the number of balloons that I want to make rather than make dog, dog, sword, sword, dog, dog, teddy, sword, sword, flower, teddy, teddy, dog. I can make what I want to do, but I can do it in an entertaining way where they're all sitting down. They're all engaged at the same time. So the people further away and I let them know that not everyone gets a balloon, but they can all benefit in the jokes. Because as you're doing a line of kids, you're saying the same few lines over and over again. Why not get everyone involved and get a bigger reaction for that show? And then work an hour on, an hour off, an hour on, and an hour off doing shows like that. And that's where I felt that was the best way forward.
0: And do you have any preparation for your show?
1: I do now. The... The the next worst thing, I believe, is for them to watch me for an hour make balloon models. Because balloon models is exciting for us because we, we, we like playing with latex, we like playing with the balloons, we enjoy it. But from an audience point of view, more than 15 minutes of them watching someone create something that might turn into something that they didn't understand what it was is a little boring especially when they think that there's no chance of them getting that balloon at the end so what i decided to do was to use a balloon themed show to make up the entertainment and to use some pre-made and partially made balloons within that show i usually start off with myself you know all the same Uh, Stuff, But then I make a balloon snake, or it looks like a snake. Actually, it turns out to be the tail of the monkey of Don Caldwell's Monkey Up a Tree. And I've broken that down into steps so that I've got some jokes to go with it, the routine that goes with that as I make it. And then I move on to quickly making um, Goofy. Uh, Don Caldwell's Goofy and again the head's already made in two sections the body's made, the arms are made, the feet are made and the only thing I blow up for that is the two legs Um, and I join them together and again make it entertaining but then what I've got now is Don Caldwell's Monkey and then his um, Goofy that is now my warm up act for my show
0: for so how long will it take, the warm-up?
1: That can take... I, I'm, I've, I've had it for nearly 20 minutes, but ideally it's sort of 10 to 15 minutes.
0: Okay, what's next? I, I'm with you.
1: Okay, then after that I go into a William Tell routine where I get somebody up and I um, shoot a balloon off somebody's head with a you know by not looking i pretend to look the other way they hold a balloon above their head and i turn around and i um, shoot a balloon off my finger and i say this trick is so good you're going to be screaming about it when i pop this balloon uh, they're going to hear you in the next town are you ready no are you ready are you ready and they're all screaming now and then when i shoot the balloon i miss and i pretend i've got it i had don 't see that i 've got it, and they go no, no no, boo okay sorry sorry let 's try it with a a bow and arrow, so I start it with an arrow, then try it with a bow and arrow, and then I try it with a uh, water gun a uh, water pistol, which I use as just a normal balloon, and then I try it with a real water pistol, and I end <laughs> up squirting the audience and It has some in hysterics, but it 's something that 's balloon related. Totally silly, but they like it. And wow. I think it's important that I've written loads of material over the years, and I've produced loads of balloons over the years. Those that I think are good are not necessarily what the audience think is good. And wow. you must listen to what the audience responds to. And if you get the oohs and the ahs and the wows when you make a Goofy, as opposed to some other character then you bake the goofy because that's what the audience like doesn't matter what you like you're there to entertain the audience yes so very important to be considering the audience point of view and not your point of view don't make a balloon because you think you're doing something really clever make a balloon because the audience goes wow to it and a little basket of tulips People still go potty over that. And that six tulip twisted balloons stuck inside a three two one in a little basket with a teddy on the side is a fairly basic model. But people go, oh, wow, that's beautiful. And so it's still in the act. It's something I learned nearly 15, 20 years ago. And I still do that because of the results that it creates with the audience.
0: How do you make it into a routine that uh, will not have the same theme of look what I can do with balloons.
1: Okay, when I, what I do next or later on in the show is one of the things that a balloon gets is if you make something prior to an event... And bring it out. People appear at an event over a period of time. They're not always on time to a birthday party. They're not always on time to a trade show. They're not always on time to um, a family picnic. They'll stroll around in their own time, stroll in at their own time. And if you've got a really nice piece, they'll go, oh, that's nice. But they've seen it, and they go, oh, yeah, that's nice. But you know it deserves more than that. So what I do in particular is I make um, David Grist's motorbike with the um, uh, geo-donut wheels. Um, I can make that in about 20, 25 minutes now comfortably. And what I do is I pre-make that before I go to the show. I then produce it magically in the show and everybody goes ah together and so you don't get lots of little individual goes oh ah you get the whole room going and that makes everyone feel good together i see that is so so much more powerful because you've produced it in a magical or fun way when i produce a bouquet of flowers i will say i have it pre-made, hidden behind my screen, and I will get the birthday child to get the birthday mum to come up at the end of my show and say, mum, thank you for organising this party for me. Get everybody in the audience to get ready to say a really big thank you to the birthday mum. And I say to the birthday child, can you give these to your mum? And it's a, oh, so cute. Oh, wow. And it's, you've made it, but it's, there atmosphere and emotion that you'll be able to attach to it rather than giving them a balloon and off they go and pop it yeah
0: yeah you know what uh, this makes so much sense and uh, making the birthday kid uh, say something good to his mother is always a good good entertainment and good marketing as well yeah uh, so, so you make the monkey on a tree and the Goofy, and you have a William Tell routine, and you also make a bouquet and the, the motorcycle. Is the motorcycle the end of the show?
1: No, 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 no. Um, I will also have um, th- when I produce the, the 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 motorbike. I have a large bag which I climb inside, and I get the birthday child to hold some balloons, and I take them and do silly things in the bag, and then produce the um motorbike above the birthday child and everyone's looking the cameras go flashing and all the children go wow as i produce the motorbike and hold it above the 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 birthday kid's head and then i say to them this is for you oh dear you're too heavy to ride this um What can we do and then i think ah let's put goofy on the motorbike and then the goofy i made at the beginning fits so beautifully on the motorbike the two are the same scale and i tie goofy to the handlebars to the exhaust pipe and his backside to the to the saddle and then i've got goofy on a motorbike which is often bigger than the child that he's going home with um it's such a beautiful piece that everyone wants to take a picture of it with the birthday child. And then I use that as the centerpiece when I gather all the other children around to celebrate, uh, get a picture of everyone shouting, balloons, and waving their arms in the air, as a memory that the birthday mum has of all the children. And that's got my backdrop in the background and my uh, that picture hits social media. And so I get... Uh, spread all over social media I get um, the, the feedback you know, Andrew made a brilliant appearance at our birthday party today and the, uh, the birthday child has got you know, f- memories of a great event
0: and uh, all of this will be done also in a living room scenario
1: I've done it in a living room I've done it um, in village halls and I've done it on big stage events um yeah it's, it's wonderful it's the same the same material great thing about balloons is that they pack small blow big <laughs> another routine i do in my show is i start off um just getting a kid to hold a balloon um and just doing the normal thing of you sit here i'm going to teach you how to be a balloon artist like me uh, all i want you to do is copy me If you could hold these balloons and then we'll do something together. And then you blow up a balloon and let it go. Blow up another one and let it go. Blow up another one. Say, sorry me, my fault tire knot in the balloon hold on to it and then ping it off your finger it flies up it comes back down usually in the same place you then grab it and then literally put his hands on the balloon then you grab a balloon and I get next to him and then we bend the balloon uh, pretending we're really strong bend it the other way and then I break it in two and get him to try and do that they can't generally do that so then I give him my two bits of broken balloon and as he goes to them they fly off I then take another balloon and try and do the same, and that doesn't work. I said, it's all right, it's not your fault, it's my fault, I'm sorry. This is your first day on the job. Let's start with something easy. Here's a round balloon. So I blow up a round smiley balloon with a knot in it. As It's got a knot in it, it's not going to fly anywhere. But then I just make it ping out of my hand like the flying mouse, um, if that makes uh, sense to you. And that... Every time the child goes to grab it, it pops up in the air. And then I say, oh, sorry, I'm going too fast. I then walk across the stage or the front room and say, I'm going to give this to you in slow motion. And I walk across the stage speaking very slowly. Go to give them the balloon and the balloon pops off. Um into the air and you know then we then i say oh sorry thanks very much you're not going to do that i'll tell you i'll make you a present and then i get two green balloons um and i make um start to make an alien on side so the balloons are already inflated but i just um Turn them quickly into uh, an alien, and then I have a routine when I you know, get to joining the arms together. I said, Oh, I'll make some scissors so your mum can give you a haircut. And they, Oh, you're not interested in that. Okay. Oh, okay. How about I make a balloon that looks just like your mum? And they go, No, no, no. And some go, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I say, okay, we'll start from the beginning. Does your mum have two arms? Yes. Does your mum have two legs? Yes. Does your mum have smelly feet? No, that's good because sometimes I have to bite the end off and, yeah, disgusting. Then I say, does your mum wear clothes? And they say, yes. I say, that's a good job because the air conditioning can be very cold. And then I say, okay, here's where it gets difficult. Does your mum uh, like jumping out of an aeroplane with a parachute? And this is where I start to make a backpack on uh, uh, Alien. Uh, No, no, no. Does your mum like swimming under the sea with the fishes? No, 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 no. Oh, dear, okay. Does your mum like walking up mountains with a backpack? No, 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 no. Uh, Ah, ah, I've got it. Does your mum like going shopping and coming back with lots of bags? Yes, 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 yes. Ah, I know your mum, so I made a... An alien now in this time with a backpack, and I give it to them, and they say, But there's no head. What? Sorry? You mean to say your mum has a head? Why didn't you tell me? And then I get the clear balloon and stick the green balloon in, blow the two up together, tie it on, and say, Does that look like your mum? Oh no, sorry, that's my mum. It's an alien. And then I put the attach the two, and then I say, Okay, all mums, all aliens in. um, Whichever town or village or wherever you are uh, need one of these. And I take the water pistol that I made in the previous trick and put it in a previous routine and attach it. So this, um, this alien now has a hair dryer uh, because we're not allowed to make guns or swords, which gets me out of having to make guns or swords later on. And then I pull up a uh, balloon, 11-inch globe balloon, and attach that to it and say that's Google Maps for aliens so he can find his way back home. And then I present that to the birthday child and he's got a gift there and then that he can take off during the show um, or whoever else has been up. But what I've done is there's a story has come out of making an alien and the bit that alien the bit that people get impressed about with an alien is the balloon inside a balloon so you I lead that bit till last and then go there and they go oh wow and they can't understand how a balloon is inside a balloon um And you can sometimes do a needle through the balloon with an alien's head in the middle. I've done that many times. It depends what sort of how you want to change your show and what's suited to your personality.
0: Wow. Uh, So many good ideas. And uh, and what I like uh, most about it is the way that you make it into a story and uh, into, you know, you're leading the way. Uh, in a way that makes people uh, interested and you're connecting between the different routines. So uh, it's really, really good. And do you uh, make sure that all the things you, that you're making will be uh, as gifts? Will be You will give them eventually to the birthday kid or what's your angle on that?
1: It depends on the... Um... on the show uh, for a birthday child, they would get the monkey up a tree. They would get goofy on the motorbike and possibly the alien as well. If I'm doing the show for a school where I'm not using the birthday child, um, where there's a bunch of helpers, as I say, who are, who come up and assist me on the stage that I have got very good at choosing who to use and who not to use when coming up on the stage, and part of my warm up routine with making goofy and the monkey up a tree is to identify and set down the rules as to who can be my helper um, and then at the end i will I would keep all those in that type of environment where it 's a stage show or a, a school show I will keep the balloons on stage till the end and then tell them to come up and see me at the end and I will give them out to those people who helped me at that time because I don't want those balloons to go into the audience and create too much of a distraction. Right. I want the balloons to be on stage and also, it, as the show develops with Goofy on the motorbike, the monkey up a tree, um, I use a Lincoln Loon dog um, as well. I build... The stage and uh sometimes I make a giant kissing squid, depending on what i'm- doing, I want these things to be on stage because my backdrop is fairly plain, and I build the color and the story of me as I go through my show
0: I got it so it sounds like you have um, i don't know about eight different routines is that right
1: um uh, yes in my in my typical show i have i use about uh, six to eight routines that's easily an hour's worth of entertainment um I tend to finish with, off these days because it's popular within the package that i'm selling is my monster man eating balloon routine where i get eat climb inside a big yellow balloon yeah. um i have looked at many different versions on the internet um and what i felt was lacking was the comedy and the root story for cl- wanting to climb into the root balloon so i've yeah. developed a comedy routine which concludes with climbing into the big big balloon i have a um, Uh, uh, an adult version and I have a a family version Um, and I've been asked to perform this for as young as ones and two-year-old kids right up to uh, mature adults who should know better and (laughs) what I find is that you can the jokes have to vary because you don't want with a monster man-eating balloon (laughs) four-year-old children get worried for me that I might die inside the balloon. Yeah. And they, you know, even when you have an arm puppet, if the arm puppet hurts me, they get upset because they actually believe that that arm puppet is real and it is hurting me. So you have to be so careful with four year olds and five year olds and even older children at times that you're not actually over dramatizing the, uh, the story and you have to gear it to the age group that you're presenting to.
0: Right, right. Um, and uh, you know, you you just shared so much uh, wealth of information and ideas, uh, but I also know that um, you have much more ideas than that and uh, additional content uh, for shows that you've used in the past, uh, so Let's talk a little bit about your routines books because people can really enjoy and learning from people from, with experience. That's the way artists has been growing for millenniums. For, for thousands of years, artists would uh, learn from other artists and improve their shows. So you have so many good ideas in your books. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, your routine books?
1: Sure, sure. Um... I've broken them down into sort of two two major books. The one is the monster man-eating balloon routine, which is a climb inside routine, which is my full scripts for um, blowing up the balloon, what I say, how I prepare for it, what I do, what works – Uh, also the dangers involved in blowing up the big balloon with um, various different types of leaf blower, um, how to get round uh, low ceilings and how to get, you know, where to perform this trick but this this particular routine has literally earned me thousands of dollars in repeat bookings you know unbelievable amount people book book me just for that I have traveled uh, several miles I've actually flown to Africa just to do perform this climb inside routine for 20 minutes Um, yeah so it's amazing what that one trick has done for me the other routine book is a consolidation of all the balloon gags and tricks that I've used over the years, um, even some educational science performing ones for schools. But more importantly, I have been booked in shopping malls and they've said, we need two shows of an hour each with an hour's gap in between. And I thought, oh, no, please, no. Um uh, what I did was, uh, years ago, I created enough material to fill two one-hour shows. I don't use all the material all the time now, but what it gives, has given me is enough that if I go back on a repeat booking, that I can intermingle some of the same stuff with new stuff. Right. When you when you consider that children will watch the same video over and e- over again, I don't think you need to worry too much about performing a lot of the same routine again, unless you're performing it the following week uh, or the following month in the same birthday party circuit. Yeah. But you need to be able to consider when you find out who your are booking is, when they last saw you, have they seen you before, Um Which particular version of your show they've seen. So I've created different materials. So perhaps I will make them um, the Linkaloon dog in one show, and then I might make the giant kissing squid in another show. Um, But also with my party packages, I have frequently for my platinum. Uh, show where i'm booked for two or three hours to entertain i'm not entertaining fully for that whole time fortunately but i may do an hour show have a half hour break and they say can you fill with some games for example i've got um a bunch of games the one of the games i call is bottom tennis um, it has to be, it's bottom tennis because I like the children sat on their bottoms. They need to be in a, uh, a village hall where the lighting is protected. But it's a game of um, uh, the boys against the girls or one team against another team, round balloons across the room and back again. Um, and I, the idea is for the one team to beat the balloon over to the other side, and it's touched the floor on the opponent's side. But the rules are, it's such an exciting game that they win points for the balloon touching the floor, but they lose points for taking their bottom off the floor because they'll be up and running around. So you have to really specifically say, let's keep the bottom stuck to the floor and then that way they're not running around the room crashing into each other so you keep control of it and you can tell them that the boys never win because they cannot keep their bottom stuck. Because you tell them (laughs) the boys never win the boys keep their bottom stuck to the floor. And then when... Once you've set the rules up and they've played with one, you can introduce two or even three three three-foot round balloons. And they're sitting on the floor, batting these around. You have a couple of mums to act as uh, side stops or linesmen to just knock the balloon back into play. And you can keep them going all afternoon. And at the end of it, they've got a shiny village hall floor.
0: How many kids can play this?
1: Um, I've played it with 50 kids, 25 on each time, easily. Um, and you could do it with um, a smaller area with ten kids, five on each team. Um, you know, using part of a tennis court or part of a badminton court in a in a hall. Um, do, but the, the Do most, you mark the floor? Do you mark the floor? In- the floors in, in the majority of the the village halls in the UK and um, the larger spaces i use here in in hong kong squash courts which i don't recommend ever doing anything in a squash court because the acoustics are atrocious but if the if you are able to control the environment as long as the lighting is protected by a metal gauze or there's no open strip lights that's the most important thing um as long as the lighting is protected you can bat these things around, they, they may often be multi-purpose halls, which have badminton courts laid out um, inside, and you can use the, the lines of the badminton court to do it. If not, use a piece of magic rope, a length of magic rope, which I just stretch across the hall and tape it down at each end with a bit of gaffer tape.
0: That, that's a really cool uh, game idea, and... You have so many of those ideas uh, on the book, right?
1: Yes, yes, yeah. Another thing I do is with the big balloon that is the um, the climbing side balloon, I've also got a, a large inflatable plastic ball, which I call the uh, bouncy castle's revenge. And I bounce it on their bellies when I get them to lay on the floor. And the routine, <laughs> of, when you, when you know, there's rules you've got to do, safety you've got to consider, but I can do that, and in my in my scripts I give give you the you know the the tips of what to say and what not to say how to get them to lay very still how to try it with one child and then get the others to try it and then what to do and what not to do um just so that you can do it. but I do that and that if you happen to finish a show early um because of the nature of what you're doing uh, maybe my warm up routine has been done earlier while I'm meeting greeting the guests so that I may have lost 15 minutes of show time on stage I'll utilize this bouncing the ball on their bellies um, bouncy castle revenge routine um, and that will fill 15 minutes I do that after I've climbed in the big balloon and it is such uh, a laugh, and uh, yeah, you can have fun laying them down, getting the kids all in lines. They would love it. They love it. And you can go totally crazy for a few minutes, and then that's it. You go off and have a collapse in the corner and a bottle of water or two, and th- th- they go off to get some food at a, and drink at a party and visit the bathroom or whatever they need to do.
0: You know what, I really like this idea, and the story behind it is so, it's like a virus. It, it, it's something that will, people will talk about, the revenge of the Bouncing Castle. It's, a, it's just such a funny concept. Yes. Wow.
1: It's its it, it, it. It is a great, great feeling. And you can have so much fun in the build up. Um, I, I mean, you've got, you've got to keep your hands on the floor, your feet on the floor, and your head on the floor. And I go into a reason, you know, a, a comedy bit of why they've got to keep their hands on the floor, they've got to keep their feet on the floor, and they keep their head on the floor. That's because of safety reasons. But I turn it into a, a comedy story as I say that. And then I repeat to them as I'm doing it you must keep. Seriously, you must keep your feet on the floor because you don't want them, when they're all lined up, to kick the balloon um, and bring their foot down on the person next to them. Um, And there's a reason for keeping their head on the floor. But I go into all of that, and if they can't do that, I will literally pull that child out the way and stick them elsewhere because they're following the rules. Once you go to pull one out the way, the others will follow... Um, the rules 110% because they know they don't want to be pulled out of the way. And yeah. the one who's been penalized Uh-oh. will may get a minute or two in the call box, and then you say, are you going to try it again? Okay, fine, come on back. And so you can really, really take control of your audience by just spreading out the rules in a comedy way and even in my warm-up routine at the very beginning i set rules about people keeping sat on the floor with their legs crossed arms crossed but i get goofy to say those rules and so it's not me being mr nasty it's goofy and goofy's going to choose who he goes home with at the end of the show if they follow the rules of the show and if they get over excited within the show because they do they creep forward they Try and get closer and closer, and halfway through the show, you may have to stop, pause, and get them to move back a bit, or you might get one to stand up and comes up and keeps trying to get in the way. If you say Goofy's rules and remind them that Goofy's given the rules, oh, yeah, 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 and they sit down again. So you're not being nasty. Goofy's choosing who he's going to go home with at the end of the show, and at, at the end, I say, Goofy has said that you've all been really well-behaved. Thank you so much for being well-behaved and following the rules. He cannot choose who he's going to go home with. So, to be fair, he's going to go home with the birthday child. And they, oh, (laughs) but, you know, so the birthday child gets the gift, but you've used him as a blackmail tool throughout your show.
0: (laughs) Awesome, awesome. So if people want to check up your books, uh, where where should they go?
1: Uh, They're on the Balloon Biz com website um, uh-huh. and there are, I think we'll put a link on your site oh to, yeah a, oh yeah a page for them and um, there's more information and details on that for them as well um, cool and there's a bit of training as well about my where to go and how to build packages and other ideas for generating money for balloon artists
0: Wonderful. So, uh, we'll put a link to that on the show notes. Andrew, uh, I know that you have a book coming up soon, and I want people to also know about that one. So, it's basically your fourth book by now, if I'm not mistaken, right?
1: That's correct, yes. It's really a version of my first book, which is the $1,000 Birthday Parties. This one is geared more to um, small businesses and entrepreneurs about the value of building a personal brand. There's a bit more in it than the original $1,000 birthday party book. It's been professionally edited this time as opposed to me and my wife sitting around with a bottle of wine trying to say, no, you don't say it like that. So there's more structure to it this time. Um, Yeah. But it's the principles are far clearer, and that and that will be available on Kindle um, by the time the show comes out. So, yeah,
0: yeah. Cool. So the name of the book is
1: the dominant it's brand. The dominant brand. Yes.
0: Right. And the tagline: setting, getting, never regretting every cent you're worth. Correct. And uh, that's that's very powerful. Very powerful words. And uh, coming from you, Andrew, I just have to say, I, I just got to get the book and read it. And I'm so excited that uh, this uh, season two is launching and uh, with you. And also, uh, by the time this goes live, uh, with your book being available. And I encourage everyone, even though you can still get the $1,000 birthday party uh, uh, book, and that's also an option for you which is a good option but i would personally also get this book the dominant brand because um, i just want to see uh every single idea that you can share and uh, i appreciate that um so we did uh, we did uh, uh agree uh, to also share some of your wealth of knowledge with the crowd, with the listeners of the show, with the Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. And uh, you were uh, generous uh, to give uh, a a copy of each of your uh, routines books, so one copy of the Climb into the Balloon uh, book and one copy of your uh, general uh, routines uh, and games. And that's that's, that's super awesome of you. Uh, So uh, let's tell the audience, uh, who will win uh, those uh, copies, uh, what, do you, what do they have to do?
1: I would suggest, let's say, on under comments under the show notes here, we will listen to and see your ideas, your own individual ideas, of how you are going to design and build your own show, and what considerations you're going to use to to do that. A great tip may be that you're starting with a magic trick and to see perhaps you can use, instead of a magic prop, a balloon instead of a magic prop. So think how you can theme it together. Any great ideas that we get from you, we will choose which one of your best ideas deserves to win the book.
0: And uh, also, in case uh, someone already has... A balloon show, what are your good ideas of uh, doing what Andrew is doing and putting himself in front of the right targeted crowd? So, what do you do in order to get yourself in front of your targeted uh, audiences and targeted customers? Yes. Will that work for you as well, Andrew?
1: That works brilliantly. Thank you. Yes.
0: Cool. So, people, like if you plan to build a show, and share it with us you might get a copy if you already have a show and share with us like what do you do to put your to get your name out there and I'm not talking about Edwards, yeah I'm talking about real-life marketing which is also important and uh, what Andrew will do is he will go over the comments And he will choose two people. And uh, let's give them uh, two weeks uh, in order to have uh, enough time for people to answer.
1: Sounds great. Sounds great. And also, um, as a little extra for your listeners, I'd like to give them a chapter from my book as well uh, about how to phrase and build some of their marketing um, content.
0: Gosh, Andrew, you're so generous because that that uh, specific uh, chapter in your book about uh, rephrasing your your text on, and your copy and using uh, you know the benefits instead of your features and uh, all of that is explained in that chapter and that chapter is very very important. So uh, people will be able to get that chapter by going to the Balloon Artist podcast.com website and on the show notes of uh, Chapter 1 of uh, Season 2, you could uh, easily find the blue button and download the free chapter from your, from your e-book. So thank you so much. Uh, this has been such an awesome experience talking with you, learning with you. You've been so open and generous. And I can't recommend enough uh, for people to check up your routine books. They can really help people Uh, to build their shows and I can say that uh, I'm very excited about uh, uh, picking uh, a few routines for myself from that book.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you very much indeed for inviting me on. I'm honored that you consider me uh, worthy enough to appear on your wonderful podcast. I'm more than happy for your listeners um, to engage with me directly on your podcast under the uh, comments and I will be listening and watching and keeping an eye on them. If anyone's got any questions, please feel free to ask. I will do what I can to help you. I learned from uh, other people sharing and if I I can help in any way, I will share to you guys. And thank you so much for listening.
0: Wow, thank you so much, Andrew. And uh, see you guys soon at the Balloon Artists Podcast next week. Wow, what an awesome interview! Andrew Smith was so open to talk about his routines, and you know what? That's the way to go. Uh, be open, share with the world what you do, and allow people to, you know, gain ideas and learn from it, and allow the evolution of content to happen. Kudos, Andrew, for for being here with us and sharing with us your expertise. There are a few takeaways that I'm uh, already implementing into my shows. Uh, The games that Andrew is using, the the entire approach of how to uh, handle getting more people that are going into conventions to learn about you and your services that's something that I'm really interested in lately and uh, gosh, so much that you can get from uh, this interview I hope you enjoyed it, Uh, there is a competition starting right now you have two weeks to go into the balloonartistpodcast.com website, find the season 2 chapter 1 link on the homepage or on the podcast tab and then go there and write down one of the following, either your ideas about building your balloon show and what your plans are for that. Or if you have a balloon show, write down uh, some of your tactics on how to get your name out there and how to get yourself booked, some of your marketing ideas. We would love to read those and Andrew Smith will come by himself and will basically coach you and give you his opinion about those. And there will be winners Three winners, actually, uh, that will win a copy, one of each of the e-books that uh, Andrew Smith released that are related to routines. So you will have uh, some some things that you can win, as usual, in those kind of competitions in the Balloon Artist Podcast Show. Uh, you can also get a free chapter of Andrew Smith's book, and this chapter that is by far... Uh, the one that will help you the most, uh, in my humble opinion. It's the one that helps me the most in my business. And uh, I really love it. It's about benefits and features and the which means that sentence. And you could read everything about it for free. If you go to the theballoonartistpodcast.com and you press in chapter one of season two, you press the blue button and you just download it directly. Stay tuned for next week. This show is a weekly show, so next week you will be able to learn more about how to entertain with balloons. See you on the Facebook group Balloon Artist. The tip section will be right after this. The Balloon Artist Podcast is brought to you by... Would you like to know what do you have in your balloon stock, in your balloon inventory? Do you want to have this list on you anywhere you go? Would you like a way that you can just order your balloons on your mobile phone whenever you want to and maintain lists of balloons for each project all of this including a barcode scanner feature and many other cool features like select a balloon by icon or by text all of this can be yours if you purchase the balloon stock app look for it on iOS and on Android devices your iPhone can include this today Download and buy balloon stock now before its price goes up. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is season two, chapter one, the tip section. Yes, we are back with the tip section. So, uh, do you know how on your phone you can set up a few shortcuts like two letters to put your entire URL inside? or your um, Facebook uh, link and so on, those those kind of shortcuts on your phone uh, are really helpful to save time. So there is a way to do this also on your PC, and that is with a really clever piece of software called Phrase Express. Uh, If you go to Google and look for Phrase Express or browse directly to phraseexpress.com, they can give you uh, the free version, or uh, they have a, a fully featured version. I, from from what I see and from what I'm using, uh, the free version is quite good enough. And the idea is that it saves you time when you write the same things over and over again to your prospects. Uh, why not automate that? Why not save time? So Phrase Express, use that. Try to save time and Enjoy your time with the family and uh, practicing your art. So thank you. That was the tip for today. Phrase Express.